Does yeah. that sound good? And we'll just roll it so we can easily just cut it. Okay. Because yeah. rhythm, like, rhythm bird is the religious organization. You know? Yeah. It's like... The original village. This is the... Yeah. Yeah. The religion of rhythm brought you here. I mean, in terms of rhythm, we were talking about it in the car the other day. Like, I think this was yesterday. Like, it's the most, like, primal and most, like, innate human you know musical ability like babies you know they clap like when they're when they're young they make noise with their hands and like humans are one of the very few animals who can like really detect rhythm amongst like seals and some other things but like uh, it's just so cool I'm recording this yeah. That, I mean, that yeah and mama's so heartbeat yeah like, exactly like, all humans hear like, that's exactly it we're all born all right, guys it's recording okay. i just just in case yeah hi <laughs> good, morning. good morning good morning uh, Good morning. It's morning right now. Um, we're sitting here. Ah, you guys, I'm so nervous about this. (laughs) (laughs) We are sitting here with some musicians, and uh, here's Nicoletta. (laughs) Yo, yo. (laughs) We have some amazing touring musical people here, and we're super grateful. This circular gratitude is happening and um when we're all in this space there's such a community feeling and I feel like that is the natural rhythm and for musicians to be also expressing their natural rhythm their emotional state or past emotional states and you know yeah I am so curious how rhythm influences you in your life um, so I this mean, is Jake yeah, here. Yeah, so my name's Jake. Uh, I play in Fence-Sitter. Um, I've had a lot of different instruments, and I sing sometimes. And rhythm is extremely important to me. And like I said, even before we even got here, um, two days ago, it was we were, we were in the car talking about the importance of rhythm and uh, you know how innate it is in every single human being. Like, we're born with a heartbeat. And, you know, like Nate was saying earlier, like, babies clap their hands tap on things like we tap our feet without even realizing it like rhythm is just so innate in us as people and so integral to who we are and for me personally like rhythm has kept me going through a lot of things that I didn't think I was going to be able to like I when I go to shows like a lot of times I'll just sit in the back and pound on my chest because I just want to feel that additional rhythm Mm. in addition to what you know I'm listening to and feeling because it just makes it that much more real so and, you know, Nicolette and I were talking yesterday about, you know, how important rhythm is to just all people and how it's such a unifying force and how I really like the concept of what's happening here because the community centered around rhythm is, it's, it's all about commonality and, and the one thing we all have in common, like regardless of what we feel politically or what we feel socially or, you know, who we are or what our heritage is, we all have rhythm in us. Mm. Little snaps for you. Yeah. What about you, Nate, as a drummer? How does uh, rhythm influence your life? It is my life. Like, <laughs> I couldn't imagine my life without it. Because, like, I mean, it's such a, as I said, it's such an innate, you know, as you pointed out, it's such an innate human, like, ex- form of expression. And I'm not the most melodic person, but, like, just being able to, like, you know, use my, all of my limbs at once to, like, express this, you know, desire, whether it, or, you know, feeling or, emotion within me is like just the best way to get that out and the best way to like relate to people i mean music is a language and like rhythm is like the most basic 
form of that language. I mean, you can go to, you know, any country, any, any place, anywhere in the world and you hear, you know, rhythm and you hear, you know, drums or, you know, percussion or whatever. And you can totally understand like where it's coming from and where it's going. Like, and you can totally understand like what people are trying to get across to you. It literally just from people hitting things and like that, like that simplicity to it is just so beautiful. The fact that you can communicate so much with so little. Yeah. 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 snaps for that one. (laughs) Hey. Well, I think the biggest impact that rhythm and music has had on my life is just the spiritual awareness that it has uh, endowed me with. Mm. Because when you're in the midst of playing, there's a Stuart Copeland quote. He says something like, you know, when you're playing the drums, you're not playing the drums, you're participating in Mm. the music, you know, something like that. I think that's true for all the instruments anything you're playing when you're when you're really in the midst of having having interplay and like musicians listening to each other you know even if it's just like you know <coughs> a song where there isn't really a lot of room for improvisation like that you and that other person are connected and when you're playing solo you know you're when I'm playing solo at least I'll be improvising to myself and, and I'll, I'll be experiencing and I'll be feeling all the ambient energy, you know, what has and will happen, you know, in that space. And it, and it is expressed through my music, you know, I channel it. And also, like, things that I've experienced and emotions that I've had. It helps me um, deal with, it's like, it's like a meditation. It helps me meditate over maybe particularly strong emotions strong experiences what's funny related to that um i you know the biggest difference between for me playing solo and playing with other people is that like connection and that joy and i don't know if you notice this when we play together but like i'll just look over at you and just be laughing and smiling because i'm just feeling so good about what we're doing together and to be able to share in that rhythm and experience and to be on the same wavelength Mm -hmm. it's just it means so much. I mean, that's the best thing is you can like share it with people. It's not like, it's not unique to any one person. It's like, it's everybody. Like everybody has that sense and everyone can connect in that way no matter no matter where you come from. It's like rhythm is both a, a personal and a shared experience. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think um, when, you're, when you're really in the, in the depths of experiencing this rhythm with someone that you're playing, or even if you just you're just listening, you know, and you're experiencing it with with the performers, you know, it kind of you, you you join you you leave your body in a sense, and you join the like everybody is just sort of becomes one, and everybody who's listening and participating is their own is it's 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 its own thing, you know, and to be able to experience that. Is, is, is really incredible for a human that in this world you otherwise might not be able to experience that. Mm-hmm. Or be able to relate to that person in any other capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Thanks guys, wow. It's so beautiful to hear you. I really, I just wanna ask you a question about permaculture. Because it's still, 
I feel like permaculture is so multidimensional. You know, it's not just about plants. You know, like it's like beyond that. So permaculture is, for those of you that don't know, stands for permanent agriculture or permanent culture. And I feel like the permanent culture part is really important in a community, thinking about it like that. I mean, so is the agriculture part because you're creating a, a space where things can just thrive naturally. It's like, how can we align with the natural rhythm of the earth, the natural rhythm of our community? And um, I think having a culture is the way to do that. And some people mistake a culture for a cult. And I think, like, what is the difference of a cult and a culture? Let's hear what your thoughts are. I I definitely have a lot of thoughts on this specifically, like I do about a lot of things. Um, But the the most interesting thing with permaculture and how it relates to the way our society operates now is that we have diverted so heavily from the natural state of where we're supposed to be, and I feel like that's what causes a lot of our health problems and a lot of the emotional and mental duress that we put ourselves under. And we it's so mimicked in the way we do our agriculture and that we have these heavily strained soils because we have, you know, monocrops just pulling all the nutrients out. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of permaculture mimicking the natural environment that these things are supposed to be in creating homeostasis, trying to find a way where everything works together in unison so that it operates on its own terms because nature will continue Mm -hmm. to operate on its own terms. And we as people, I feel like we can get back to a place where we're helping each other and working towards creating a community and a culture. And I think for me, the biggest difference between cult and culture is that, you know, a cult is like, like a wrenching, a forced act of trying to convince someone to do a thing that is unnatural, like to be, you know, mm. most cult things I feel like are extremely unnatural, whereas like culture comes naturally to us, like music, rhythm, <clears throat> art, expression, um, architecture, all this stuff is so innate in us and we can mimic both where we were as a people and mimic nature around us to, to find a way to exist cohesively with each other and our surroundings. So I think like we almost exist in a cult right now in our society because we're forcing ourselves to live unnaturally, whereas we can naturally have the culture that we want and will will make us happy just by trying to find ways to get back to our more natural states. Mm. My thoughts on that. Thank you. (laughs) Mm. Nate. Um, I think in terms of like cult versus culture, I think you hit the nail on the head where like a cult is trying to convince you of something or change something about the way you know you're thinking or acting or I think unnaturally is a really good way to put it uh but and but culture is you know it's just it's just there it just grows it grows like a like a flower it's just you know you plant the seed and then you know it becomes what it becomes and people make what they will of it and they you know take it or leave it or you know go with it or grow it like it's it's just a result of the interactions between the people that you know decide to take part in it and it's no, there's no authority there. There's no overarching power to tell you like, hey, this is how things work. This is what's up. It's people together figuring out, you know, how they want to live and what the best way for them to do that is, you know, it's very, mm. it comes very organically instead of very inorganically. 
Tony, saxophony. What do you think? Well, like Jake said just before, um, this this culture that we have, at least in the USA, is very much like a cult. You know, people are brainwashed to love unconditionally their their great leader, their supreme leader, and and they don't they just blindly trust that anything that this asshole or these assholes, you know, the 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 this this oppressive people that has decided over the last 200 years that they are the absolute just, you know, that they, that the, a lot of people in the U S just, you know, blindly believe that that is the truth, you know, and that is the culture of this country or a country in general, you know, maybe not everywhere. Cause I don't really know about anywhere else, but you know, and I think money has a lot to do with that, you know, because money in itself is kind of a cult because people are just people have been convinced that you need money. You need as much money as you can get, you know, because really like the whole point of having money isn't so you can buy like a TV and a PlayStation, you know, it's so you can buy food and a house and water. But if permaculture was like on a, on a greater scale, you know, you wouldn't need money. Mm. You, like you, like your, your paying your payment instead of monetary would be, I tend the chickens and the garden and, or I build the houses and the infrastructure, you know, mm-hmm. it's contributory. And I think like you were saying, like it's so much, there is such a cult of personality and of money in this country. And the whole idea that we need something in return for services or kindnesses like is so alien to me like because growing up like I grew up on a farm my grandfather was the most giving person I've ever met in in my life like he grew up from absolute nothing and ended up creating a huge organization for himself and Mm. all he ever wanted to do was help other people share in that success and give to other people whether or not he ever got anything back Mm. and I'm so interested in why people don't just innately want to be kind to each other and, you know, want to do mm. for others because I feel so compelled to be thankful and to do for other people. It's all I want to do is make sure everyone around me is happy and comfortable. And I think if we kind of more of us adopted mindsets like that, and I don't want to self-aggrandize myself in any way, mm. but I just want people to get along and to care about one another because the things that keep us the things that keep us apart are so minimal compared to the things that were in common mm-hmm. and I know we can do better and I think we will and I think we are I think we're taking big strides and I think people are starting to quote unquote wake up mm. to how things just aren't operating in a positive way or benefiting them that the things that we've been doing for you know the past two three hundred years are just leading us down rather than up and just because we have money and just because we have things we're building walls around ourselves literally and figuratively so we don't see the impact of our actions it's that nimby concept and not in my backyard mm-hmm. yeah it's really easy to the money point it's really easy to ignore like the problems and you know things going around in our world when you have the money to just put it under the carpet but like as you said you know we're reaching a change a, a turning point if you will and like it's interviews like this and like, you know, collectives like this and like just these discussions that like we need to have more of so that, you know, 
people can just realize like you know where we're going and you know what we have to do to get to a more peaceful and wholesome place Mm. thank you so much love you guys Mm. Mm. yeah can I I ask you guys a question yeah what inspires y'all Chrissy (laughs) you go first (laughs) oh well, what inspires me really is just coming from a place of of love and wholesomeness, you know, and, and creating a space like that. Like, I love creating a space where people feel comfortable, like you're saying. Like, I feel so happy to be in a space with people that understand how important that is. And, um, you know helping to hold that container for people that maybe have never experienced that or it's rare is like really special and I I feel so happy to hold space like that and just uh yeah serve for for something that's greater than myself like um you know creating this community and in in a way where I'm just like you know co-creating this community it's like we're, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. permaculture is something that really inspires me because I feel like it's so multidimensional and it's like creating this permanent thriving system in a spiritual way, in a, in a food systems way, in an ecosystems way, community way. It's like whole city way like how can we connect with people that are right down the street and like buy their microgreen stuff you know we don't have to order from amazon it's actually like right down the street but yeah there's so much that inspires me that question is really (laughs) hard to answer without just like yeah like (laughs) yeah (laughs) could have a whole podcast about that (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, thanks for asking. It's a little bit for you guys. Yeah. So I can, I'll try to focus it on like what is inspiring me to do this kind of community stuff. And what inspired it originally was that notion of like, okay, wait, I've been doing a hustle for 10 years in what society deems like the right track and like successful and all that stuff. But what I realized that I wasn't doing was fostering the creativity <clears throat> and nurturing that like spirit. So the experiment with this project is like, how can you use creativity and how can like community come together where people can express themselves mm. through their heart, through their art and like how can it sustain itself like do you have to go work job a to then sustain your creativity or is there this really beautiful synergy that can come together where when community comes together the art sustains itself like Mm. is it possible that's the play we will find out we will make it happen yeah that's the game so is this kind of so in a way is this kind of an experiment, an experimental 
experiment in a way. <laughs> I think, yeah, like I think my whole life is kind of like I'm just a big guinea pig and yeah. a big experimenter, right? Um, all of us kind of are like we're always doing that with our our lives. But yes, I basically like turned this house into like I bought this house when I was 20, and I'm 33 now. Mm-hmm. And before I got into real estate, I wanted to be like a drummer. Like that's what I wanted to do. I was like, oh, I'm gonna do that. And then at some point I was like, no, I think I have to like make a lot of money now first <laughs> <laughs> so that I can support the art. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's the game with this. Like, um, mm. can, can entrepreneurial minds come together or like, like you're an entrepreneur and you're an artist. Mm. I am too. Like, how can we use that business savviness in the uh, artistic fields? Where it sounds like a lot of venues and different things actually take advantage of artists and musicians. Mm. So how do we flip that on the head where it actually, like how can we do that on the homeowner circuit where it sustains both homeowner and artist? Yeah. I think that's great. Awesome. Um, What is next for y'all? For the Urban Eco Village? Yeah. Well, so like Nicolette is moving. She's here. She's moving here to help like make all this stuff, like, take it to the next level. We're trying to consistently create our calendar. Um, So, like, stand-up comedy is going to be a regular thing because we've realized how important laughter is. It's so therapeutic and medicinal when people get to laugh. And especially laugh about, like, comedy is this platform to be inappropriate and to, like, really nudge at the truths in an inappropriate, funny way, which is really cool. Um, then regular music stuff, yoga, meditation, food. But yeah, what's next for, what is, what's next? I think just consistent calendar events and like honing in on what that is, I think. Yeah, definitely. More live music. Definitely integrating yoga to a daily yeah. thing here. For yeah. people to come. I, I'm a yoga teacher and I love sharing that. And part of uh, me coming here just, you know, was inspired by the, realizing that um, I tour with the band Moon Hooch. And when I am on the road, I can't teach yoga as much. And it's sad. I want to teach yoga. So you know, coming here, I know I could plug that in. I could express that part of myself. And I'm so grateful for that. Mm. So that's definitely something that I'd love to offer. And I love meeting all these new amazing people that are coming through the space, whether it's touring musicians or it's people that are in the community already of Nashville. It's really amazing how the vibe attracts the tribe. Mm-hmm. Five attracts our tribe. I like that. <laughs> well, I know I've said it a hundred times, but thank you all so much for your hospitality, for your mm-hmm. kindness, for your acceptance, for just doing what you do. It is beyond appreciated, not just from us, but you know, the other people involved in this care so much about what's yeah, happening. We need here more too. places like this, like more collectives like this that just encourage the arts like so heavily. Like mm-hmm. it's just so awesome that you guys are bringing like not only Nashville together, but like you know anywhere anybody from anywhere together Mm. I've been here to you know just express themselves like that's just so beautiful it's so awesome so yeah thank you so much for having us here I haven't once felt like an outsider from the moment I walked in this door y'all gave me a hug and I didn't even know who you were and Mm. I was just like this is a welcoming environment Mm. 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 
Mm-hmm. So one last round of these for y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I have one more question. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. One more. You ready? Yeah. If this is okay. Yeah. So last yesterday, this came up in, in conversation at lunch. Like, what is the difference mm-hmm. between manipulation and what was the other one? Influence. Mm-hmm. Manipulation and influence. Anna O was the one that actually prompted that, I feel like. I think so. Yeah, because I believe it was, um, we were talking here in the kitchen Mm -hmm. about um, how artists sometimes want to make the crowd feel a certain way and kind of put that emotional pressure on them to feel a certain way and that that can often make people uncomfortable. And I think, you know, the biggest difference between... um, like influence and manipulation is manipulation is <laughs> underhandedly and even negatively trying to impact the way someone operates and thinks and believes by using various methods psychological or emotional like and whereas influence is you mm-hmm. you take your heart your soul what you're feeling what you're thinking you put it on the table and you let people do with it as they please you don't Freedom. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's choice. we talked about this before that, like, I really enjoy telling the stories of songs before I play them so that I, you know what the song's about before I play, and then I try to paint a picture with the music, and you can just interpret it as you will. Like, I'm also writing a book right now, and I'm trying to leave a lot of the details ambiguous so that people can take their own life experience and put it onto what they're reading. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have. I don't. I never mention where it is or the race of my main characters. Like I want everyone to be of, to take their own experiences and apply it because I think that is influence rather than manipulation. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's the best thing to do. Like any any music that you know I, that I personally love and listen to. I mean everybody has their favorite you know artists and you know musicians and everything. And like when you hear something or you see something that that you just that you can relate to yourself in your own way that you can relate to you know your life and your experiences and like you see someone else expressing not even not not the same experiences in the same literal sense but in the same emotional sense like they're trying to get at the same feeling through you know their own methods and you know their own life and when you can see that someone else has experienced that it's like just this great unifying feeling that you're like I'm not the only one like mm. I there are people that feel the same way as me and they you know like to show it in a way that I can understand and that's like mm. that's just one of the best feelings in the world I think I like that that influence comes from commonality whereas manipulation is like forced yeah, yeah. Mm. this is like a cult versus culture Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Because it goes back to that whole, you know, for some reason, whenever I think of cult, I think of Jim Jones. I don't know if anyone's aware of Jim Jones and Jonestown and all that sort of stuff, but I don't want to get too into the messy details, but, you know, it, it was based on a hierarchical structure with one patriarch at the top, and that system just doesn't work anymore. It's not, it's not who we are as people. We're not meant to... I feel like we are so keen on finding people to follow because we have such a hard time figuring out who we are. So we take the easy way out and listen to someone else's interpretation of things Mm. rather than developing our own relationships with those things. Mm. That's why I try to tell my parents, don't watch the news, Mm. read the news. You can hear it in your own voice. There's a tone that you have for yourself and that you can interpret it that way. I think, you know, going to church is fine, but having someone 
tell you what their interpretation is of a specific text rather than you reading it yourself and having that personal relationship mm. is completely different. And again, there's that difference between influence and manipulation. Mm. Is someone telling you what to think or are you deciding what to think? Mm. On that note, let this day inspire your individuality. <laughs> and continue this beautiful journey of your unique expressions. Your tour is just beginning, guys, and this is so exciting. I'm so, so proud of you guys and excited for you to share this, this love and light along the way to everybody that gets the opportunity to be graced by your presence. I think people are afraid to use the word love because they think it has a lot more charge than it should. But like, I love all of you here. Like this is, like this feels true and wholesome and wonderful and mm -hmm. is appreciated. I'm really excited to hit the road. Amen to that. With y'all. And I'm very sad to see you go, Nate. <laughs> I know, I'm gonna miss you guys so much. My life is gonna be completely different without you guys. Mm. Okay, call us all the time. I'll call, I'll call your mom. <laughs> <laughs> when I get to Roanoke. <laughs> Please actually know. I actually will. And I will bombard you with phone calls. <laughs> you, you can't. You won't be able to escape either. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm gonna turn my phone off, man. <laughs> um, this is completely random, but uh, I just wanted to mention that it's so funny because, like, the older I get, the more agnostic I become. Because serendipity is just getting like a little ridiculous. Like, some friend of mine had mentioned that I should play with this sax player. Didn't even know his name, and then I'm just hanging out on the street, and this kid comes up, and we're just both wearing headbands, and. We, we, and and he was just like, hey, you know, you're pretty cool. You want to play music sometime? And turned out he was the sax player my friend was talking about. And, you know, I, 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 I don't know how exactly that worked into you getting with DFT, but I think there might have been some. Oh, because they, oh. they heard me play bass at the showcase. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Diva, and we're like, oh, hey, this so, is pretty cool. Like, we, we've all just, like, met through these very bizarre little connections, and now Nate plays with my friend in Zodiac Sutra just because I invited him out to my birthday, and he, mm. they saw discount face tattoos, and he was blown the fuck away, and then he when he asked me to be his manager, one of the things he wanted me to do was find him a drummer, and I was like, I think I know who will work. <laughs> and, you know, here we are, like, a little fucking musical family just from these bizarre little connections that we've created over this time. It's so incredible. Oh. Tony, you're the glue. <sighs> you're, you are literally the bridge between all. Oh, my God. That's awesome. And synchronicity is a form of rhythm. That's like being in in rhythm with yourself well, and, like, with one another. Well, the only reason we met is because, you know, we were in some sort of rhythm together. And, like, it's... Yesterday I should talk about that, too, but oh, first. I was just going to say that yesterday we all woke up at the same time. Because <laughs> we're in rhythm. Yeah, yes. and my, my, one of my drum teachers, like, told me, I mean, it, 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 in terms of learning, like, crazy time signatures and stuff, like, don't think of the little time, think of the big time. Mm. And, like, that can be expanded into not only, you know, like, beats and, you know, rhythms in, in terms of music, but in terms of just, like, life and how your how your being is, like... Mm. This, you know, look for the big cycles, like look for the big time, look for the big rhythm, you know, mm. like, and then work within it. Like, it's just a really cool idea. You mm. banding, big rhythm. Big rhythm. <laughs> Break that one down. Yeah. When I first found the Urban Eco Village, it was like through an online search for eco villages. I was looking for Moon Hooch for 
like different places for us to do events with. And I called and heard Chrissy's voicemail. And like just through her vibration of her voice, I was like, I don't have to call anyone else. I know that we're going to work together. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the only place that I felt that way, you know, with like the people I called and stuff. And it just, I mean, and now to be here with you guys and like after the touring with Moon Hooch, Tony's alignment with your tour, lining up in Nashville, it's so amazing. It's like a musical web. It's so beautiful. It's like, we just surrendered to our hearts and we're all here now. Here we are. (laughs) I'm really into the idea of like Venn diagrams and how like I feel like the spheres of influence that we run in are like these, like this giant amalgam of different circles that all feed into each other and they that I think the best way for us all to be healthy and happy is to kind of merge those circles so we're kind of all in the same space and in the same mindset because mm. you know I feel like people exist outside of these things or you know certain parts of the circles don't intersect and that's where you know we get strife and that's why things feel uncomfortable sometimes is because we don't know how to include people or feel like we need to exclude people for whatever reason, even though, like I said before, like the things that keep us, the things that we have in common are so much greater than anything that keep us apart. Mm. Which could be where we have the gatherings on like land, like Rhythm Farm or these different places where people can come and then connect and then also go back. It's like, I think it's important to do this like merge in and then pulse out mm. and like, because then you bring that, what you found in that space, out with you. Yeah, and then you get to share. Mm. Like to share that, that rhythm and that light. And, you know, because if we're all always in that same thing, is it like a different form of, like, homogenization or something? You know, like... It's homogeny versus um, uh, homeostasis. Mm. What is the difference? Yeah, it's a, what is that? What's the difference between permaculture and monoculture? Homogeny is sameness, whereas mm. uh, um, homeostasis is like diversity. It's like diversity, but in harmony. It's balance. Mm. Balance. It's like a food forest versus like monoculture, I guess. Or like exactly. Yeah, or crop. What's it called? Crop um, rotation, where yeah. they'll do like all corn and then all soy, or whatever but a food forest which kind of coexists and it's like a long term you don't have to keep replanting it it just continues it just to, thrives it thrives well it's funny too because we were talking about, like you know uh, Tony was talking about you know someone does this that's their role someone does this that's their role that is what nature is all the different parts of nature have their role and that's why it all works together and none of them are asking anything from each other they just do what they naturally need to and that works together for them mm. And, you know, that's why, like, I think the whole idea of, you know, us working together for common goods just because we want to exist instead of, because I think there's, our whole idea of success is just based on material and, and ethereal things when I feel like being truly happy, you know, the success is being happy. What's the thing? What can we do to make ourselves happy? Work with each other help each other surround ourselves with people who love each other and it just piles out from there remember that love serve remember 
forget who said that. Ram Das maybe? But something like that. Love each other, serve each other. It's not that hard. No. We've convinced that it's been made. We, we've been taught, we've been convinced and conditioned to think it's hard. But it's not. But it's not. Or vegan.